Well, since we were talking about the end of the world as we know it, I mean, year as we know it, and we're all feeling quite fine right now, uh, let's move on to our end of the year review. It's Ooh. the end of the year as we know it. <laughs> and we're quite drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Blind Tiger Podcast, your one-stop shop for beer news, reviews, and all things brews. I am your host, the man who believes your only New Year's resolution should be to resolve to no longer have New Year's resolutions, Rob Fisher. With me, as always, is the man who believes the lifespan of the New Year's baby is too close to the common housefly, Mike Albright. (laughs) And of course, the man whose audio skills can make Ryan Seacrest less grating while counting down to zero, the man who is far, far too handsome to play the... But diapered New Year's baby, Jesse Clark. <laughs> Today is December 29th, 2014, and we're recording episode 46, Year End Wrap-Up. For more information on any of the segments from today's show, visit our website at www.blindtigerpodcast.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or subscribe to the show on iTunes. And for those of you who enjoy listening to podcasts via Stitcher, blah, 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 blah. We provide near-daily news, reviews, and just about anything involving brews. What was that blah, 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 blah about? Uh, I'm just tired of saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't miss out and subscribe today. I thought that was some kind of like secret code for the people who did use Stitcher. (laughs) Wow, I need to get on that. So this week marks the end of the year as we know it, and we will be surprisingly fine with the end of 2014. As we look forward to ditching the old and busted 2014 and replacing it with the new, sleek, and sexy 2015. And since New Year's Eve is right upon us, we celebrate the end of this year with this week's opening question. If you're going to pop a bottle of beer at midnight on New Year's Eve, what would it be and why? So, Mike... All right. Uh, well, for starters, I believe that for this category, you need a to have a beer that's corked and sealed so that you can get that lovely explosion and report that you would get from a typical champagne bottle. Mm. Uh, next, I think it has to have some, uh, has to be something that gives you the, the quote "This must be an important occasion" feeling that champagne provides. Uh, having something that also helps you complete a New Year's resolution is also a bonus. So my beer will provide all three. Stone has been producing an IPA meant to be drunk as soon as possible for several years now, known as the Enjoy By IPA. The beer had a date stamped right on the bottle to let you know just how much time you had before the IBUs turned back into pumpkins. <laughs> now they have added an Enjoy After variety. This Brett IPA has a date stamped on, on it that lets you know just how long you have to wait until the fairy godmother of beer turns those funky yeast beasts into delicious gentlemen. Yeah, no. Uh, the beer out now is uh, good after <laughs> Halloween 2015, a decent 10-month sabbatical. By buying this beer and keeping it until next New Year's Eve, I will also achieve my stated goal of finally getting into aged beer. I am keeping some dogfish down in the musty basement for now, but I think uh, this beer will commemorate my foray into beer investments for good. Huh. So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a, a corked beer. You have to wait, uh, according to them at least. Uh, there's already like reviews on like ratebeer.com, of course, about it. Uh, they say the bread hasn't really kicked in yet. It's not the like sour funkiness that it should provide. But hopefully if you age it for the uh, requisite 10 months that they want you to, it'll uh, be nicely developed. I'm impressed, please, that they went with something as far away as 10 months. My fear was they're going to do this and be like, enjoy it within after three months or something that, mm-hmm. that has a low level of commitment to it. A lot of beer geeks will regularly throw buy a case of something and they'll let it sit and it'll take them three months to drink the whole damn thing in the first place. So that wouldn't be a huge commitment. 
I was really hoping they do something like age this for two years and then let it go that, um, that, and have a drink. That might be the next step. I'm not sure. Like the all the enjoy buy uh, beers, I think are relatively the same. I mean, right. there's some differences I think from batch to batch, but um, yeah, it'd be cool to see if they're enjoy after beers if they kind of delve into maybe different categories besides just IPAs. Plus, does it really fail to rate something that says don't drink it for another ten months and be like, man, this yeah. is only like a three and a half? Like well, that's not really a fair rating. Then that's what's funny is a lot of the reviews were like three and a half, but they did say that it's not there yet. I guess they at least understand the concept that they're supposed to wait, but they just didn't. So, well, that, we have that in wine though too. Like wines that are supposed to be cellared for a certain amount of time, people will taste them and they will predict them from the taste. You know, like all right, this is not ready yet, but it's going to be awesome when mm-hmm. it is. Do like you, so, they can you know they can tell like oh the tannins have to do this and this is what happens you know the chemically what has to change. Do you purposely buy multiple bottles in so that you can compare or? Oh, I don't compare. You just buy it and you let it sell or for. But it's years okay. in this case for wine, of course. I mean, but if you were to open one up and be like, oh, it's not quite there yet, do you just buy another one or do you just? have others in on hand but well once or it's you, opened you, it, you yeah. have to drink the rest yeah, of it yeah. within like two days otherwise okay. it's vinegar so it's so you don't do that personally you you wait till it it depends like okay. i've had i've had um wines that like that barolo those those are meant to age a lot most of the wine that's out today is meant to be drunk immediately um but that there are some wines that are that will that will age um like the bigger ones like barolo they will um they need at least four years really mm-hmm. um so you have to give it that and yeah, I've had a, I've had one that I purposefully then sat for a few years so it would age. Yes. Well, I'm per, uh, I'm personally waiting for the best before series by Stone, <laughs> <laughs> or the uh, drink before series. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. The one where you have to go back in time for. <laughs> <laughs> this was great two two years ago, and then it's progressively gotten worse. Yeah. Like last year's uh, Hop Slam. It was good two years ago. We swear, guys. <laughs> So Jesse, what did you come up with? Well, I don't know about just two years ago, but so for uh, this one, this this end of the the year, end of your life type beer. Well, you see, for my beer, for, for what I'm really focusing on here, you see, offshore offshore oil rigs will not be able to pump oil. Super tankers, refineries, pipelines, and railroads will not be able to produce and transport oil-based products. Power plants cannot function without petroleum or coal, and your car will not run without gasoline. An event horizon is before us. Senator Robert Bennett of Utah advises the public, don't panic, but don't spend too much time sleeping either. Wow. By the time you hear this, there will be little time to prepare for what I, among many, have come to believe will be the social equivalent of a worldwide earthquake. The exact date and time of this earthquake is already known. The stroke of midnight, December 31st, 1999. (laughs) So I chose, yes, Cosmic Charlie's Y2K Catastrophe Ale. Wow. Because, yes, on January 1st, 2000, many computer software programs and embedded microchips programmed to identify the year by its last two digits will think it's 1900, causing data-driven computations to fail, computer-reliant systems to malfunction, or shut down. There will be indirect failures due to data change and embedded microprocessors prevalent in modern life all around us threatens the functioning of all major systems, healthcare, utilities, governments, transportation, food supplies, public safety, finance, telecommunications, and defense. So yes, to increasing number of people, this meaning of the Y2K can be summed up in two words, national emergency. Mm-hmm. So I, yes, like I said, I went with Cosmic Charlie's Y2K catastrophe L. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. I still, I still don't get a Y2K. Like, okay, so the computer bases its, uh, the date on the last two digits alone. Right. right? So why wouldn't it think maybe, why, why revert to 1900? Why not like... Six? Because it assumed originally it was 19. It was okay. 1999, then 1992. Oh. Like they just assumed the first two. They're like, oh, it'll never get above 1900. You gotcha. know? Okay. So, oh, so there was that 
Yeah, like, yeah. Insert, to okay. save space, it would always be like the, the when the date came up in a form, mm-hmm. the 19 would be hard-coded. And the, oh, okay. the last two oh, digits hard-coded. would be whatever. Okay. Um, so you need to build a time machine so that when your computer goes back in time, you can go back in time with it. Right. I said we also should have like just scratched the last 100 years and gone back and pretended it was 1900. Yeah, do over. What's yeah, that's right. Hey, we, we could do the 1900s over again. I mean, yeah. We, we reset the calendar, quote-unquote, 2,000 years ago, which is crap because we added months, like, whatever. So, yeah, we've screwed we the calendar. We didn't reset it. The calendar was going backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, you know, more than one person had to get their watch changed after that. <laughs> Ask the Jews if the calendar was going backwards. Uh, so for me, normally my answers aim more towards the jocular than anything sensible, but given the reflectiveness of another year coming to a close, I prefer, this episode anyway, to favor sentimentality over humor. My choice is none other than the Delectable Nugget Nectar. Mm. This uh, seasonal imperial amber from Trogues Brewing Company is a fine and delicious beer. Uh, what more, it is a seasonal marker for the last hurrah of winter as our friends, often en masse, stumble towards our favorite watering hole to down pint after pint of this overly inviting and dangerously drinkable stronger ale. The past few years have met the reintroduction of Nugget Nectar with fine Saturday nights huddled around the fridge's wood stove in increasingly dire states of perfectly enjoyable drunkenness. And is there any, is there really a more celebratory beer than the one that is so thoroughly reminds you of good times with good friends? I'd wager not. Mm. And we're almost on, upon that season. I know, I'm I waiting for wait. it. Yeah. Oh, so good. And we really do like, usually like 10 of us are at the fridge and the whole supply just starts going. It's like, oh, it's on keg and it's in bottles and it's just go, 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 go all night long. So, um, yeah, we are keeping trugs open <laughs> almost single handedly. Uh, delightful. Uh, so with that, let's move on to a little beer news. Beer news. Mike, start us with some um, interesting local news. Yeah, we got a couple of local things. Uh, the first is that Zuck Foltzfus closes. So several weeks ago, we had reported that Zuck Foltzfus Brewery and Restaurant had severely reduced their menu and had promised other changes were on the way. Those changes were apparently not enough to keep the company in business and then announced via their Facebook page that they intended to shut their doors pretty much almost immediately. A New Year's dinner that had been scheduled and is now booked solid is still planned, but anyone looking for a pint and some food can either make do at Boobies or perhaps Columbia Kettleworks, which is where Zuck Volsfus was recommending patrons go in the wake of their closure. Interestingly enough, the enigmatically named brewery still has a website up with a menu and hours, but the announcement was very clear and their entire Facebook site has apparently been taken down. Uh, this comes at a time when Lancaster County is still experiencing a microbrewery and brew pub openings um, surge. Most recently, Mooduck in E-Town, Black Forest in Ephrata, and the Divine Swine in Lidditz. This is Lancaster's first brewery to close in recent memory and goes to show that contraction can occur if your product or hospitality cannot compete within the market. Uh, Rob, and Hi- Rob, Rob and I have shared our opinions about Zuck Foltzfus before. Uh, did, you, did you go up there, Jesse? I think I was there. You were you? Okay. But then we, we, we've all kind of said our piece about it. I didn't know if you guys wanted to add anything more to Do it. Do you want me to say some more harsh words? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of all I had. So <laughs> yeah. I figured... My only, my only thought really is that the thing that they needed to fix was the one thing that they wouldn't. And that was they needed to fix their beer. They were a bar. They were a brew pub. They were a gastro pub. And the key element there is beer. And yes, you can make all the claims in the world that people are coming from far and wide for the food. But given the market, people wanted to go there to drink. And your beer just wasn't up to snuff with a lot of the other places in the area. And people weren't going to spend like $25 at the local brew pub for a meal. They wanted to go in and get good, cheap beer. And um, 
uh, I guess I stalwartly refuse to sort of approach that problem. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to sort of approach the business thing with your eyes open a little bit. You can sit there and tell yourself that you have great things and that people should be doing this, but if they're not doing this, you need yeah. to react or perish. Yeah. Customer is always right, even if you think they're Philistines. Yeah. <laughs> is that the next thing? So it, it was nice, though. I guess uh, they said, I believe they said Columbia Kettleworks offered some support. Apparently, they must have came up relatively recently as just like a token of gratitude yeah. and just say hi and then sort of realize that they were going to close. So they at least were then recommending people go to Columbia. And well, and I it kind of just go like it was a cute place. I loved yeah. the decor. Um, if they wanted to keep the nicer food, sure. I mean, sell Columbia Kettleworks beer out of your place, you mm-hmm. know, and that way you don't have to worry about the cost of brewing and, and all of that jazz. You can just focus on the food, which is clearly what you want to focus on. And then... I mean, assuming Kettleworks is okay with that deal, but you right. can have other craft beer on tap and just be a gastropub like any other gastropub. And then maybe you'll attract more people and you can sell beer at a higher markup because it's not your beer or whatever to help. Yeah, I don't know. It, if they were like clung so heavily to their what their idea, what they wanted to be, that they just didn't want to shift gears at all. They but they already did, though. The I mean, they were a brew pub and then they went away from their beer to food. And then they were like, so it's like they've already changed. Like it's, it seems so confusing what they did, yeah. right? To me, it was yeah, just because I was since uh, we were into it from the beginning, and then it just when we went there, it wasn't what they had advertised originally. Yeah. So I mean, you got to know what your market is. I feel like they probably could have done well in a place like Lancaster, although the rent would have been absurd. Um, I was recently talking um, with uh, a guy from Baron von Swine, and he was talking about why they opened up in York, and it's just okay. because getting a place in Lancaster would have been uh, significantly higher in rent, so they couldn't really oh, afford wow. to do that. Okay. And so what they ended up realizing is that the place that they were renting to do their cooking in Lancaster, the cost was essentially the same to have a, sta- a storefront in a very nice look. I mean, they're a block and a half from Holy Hound yeah, yeah. in York. So like for them, it, that's just a win-win. They get to have a full-time kitchen that's just theirs. They get to have foot traffic, a, a physical presence. They're super close to an amazing craft beer bar in downtown York. Um, they would have loved to do Lancaster, but it would have priced them out of, of comparison. So, you know, you have to have the money to get your foothold into Lancaster. But for where Zuck's Holsus was, like, you're not looking at people who you don't have a huge group of people who are foodies. And the foodies in Lancaster aren't necessarily going to trek their way out there when they have tons of amazing options that are two minutes away as opposed to 20. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Agreed. We have a lot of great food here in Lancaster. And if you're going to be outside of Lancaster, you have to do something particularly special to bring me out. And if it would have been the beer, maybe that would have been. That would have been it, thing. you know, maybe. But uh, you're not going to get better than the food we have here. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, other exciting local news. All right. So, ABC receives loan to expand craft soda line. So, first there was craft beer, then craft whiskey. Now the latest trend seems to be craft soda, or perhaps craft ice cream. Or at least that is what Appalachian Brewing Company is betting on. The Harrisburg-based brewery has acquired a loan through the Harrisburg Regional Chamber worth $1.7 million, according to PenLive.com. This money, along with other financing, will go towards moving uh, soda production from its Cameron Street Brewery in Harrisburg to its new building in Mechanicsburg. The funding will apparently quadruple current production of sodas, which can be found at its brew pubs and most grocery stores in the area. Along with traditionally bottled soda, ABC will also offer the syrups for sale that can be used with at-home soda machines. The article also mentioned several other plans for the brewery. It has announced its 2015 lineup of specialty beers already, and also plans to close their West Gettysburg brew pub by the time you listen to this podcast. Uh, pretty much January 1st is the last date for that. Uh, for those not familiar, I believe that's the one on the western edge of town, right by the battlefield. So I think actually the um, 
national park system is buying up the land that they were on just to actually expand that. So, hmm. uh, but there are plans to open another Gettysburg site to go along with the one that's just off Route 15 in Gettysburg, and also they also plan to build somewhere in the Hershey area. Which, hmm. if there's any place that people want to build besides Lancaster, it's definitely the Hershey area. Um, Trogues went from Harrisburg to there, and I think uh, ABC is probably looking to maybe do something similar. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of people go to that area. It's not far from where they're at as far as logistics-wise, so kind of makes sense for them. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're definitely still moving and shaking there down there at Appalachian Brewing Company. I haven't been to one in a while. No, no. Uh, I did go to the one that lit its, I think, for my birthday, not this past year or past birthday, but last year. And it was decent. It was a fun experience. Uh, they remodeled that train station really well. And uh, their staple beers are okay. I, nothing really, I think, to write home about. But there was a couple specialty ones that I think are a little bit better in quality. <clears throat> for ABC? Yeah. Uh, the, what's it? A Hoppy Trail, I think, is their IPA. That's yeah, there's, they have like the Jolly Scott uh, Scotch Ale. Oh, I hate the guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, a very sweet dinner with the uh, gentleman of uh, Marco Benevento's band, and um, the bass player um, had ordered that and didn't like it. So when I sat down and perused the menu, I then ordered the same Scotch Ale, and he just got this sly grin on his face, and I was uh-huh. like. The hell is that about? And it was the first time I was really meeting them personally, and uh, and then as soon as the waitress left, he was like, "Oh, you're in for a treat." And I was like, "Oh God, oh, thank no. you, thank you." I just wasted like six dollars, but um, yeah, but the Hoppy Trails is pretty good. Um, and I've had some, yeah, I think some of the more seasonal or off stuff I've had is pretty pretty decent. Nice. I like the Rabbi Bar where they have the um, the the shows oh, yeah. up in Harrisburg is gorgeous. Yeah, definitely some cool locations. Um, yeah, I was saying like I guess uh, breweries are always like looking to get like a different market and. Some of the market is like younger people, so uh, non-alcoholic things. You see some uh, breweries like, say, Victory or Yingling going into the ice cream world, yeah. and then others doing uh, soda, and ABC has been doing that for quite a while. Have either of you had any of their like, uh, root beer I know is a big one? I hate root beer, so no. Okay, no. right. You do hate mm-hmm. root beer. No. Uh, yeah. Beer is the only thing carbonated to drink. Okay. Sounds good to me. <laughs> We'll see you at New Year's for <laughs> Champagne. And all that. Champagne. Actually, you won't. I won't be there. <laughs> so... <laughs> You guys are going to tell us? Or? I'm going to, th- yeah. We're going to do the Nyes. Nyes, Nyes. Let's move on right past the regional into a little national news. So um, I'm excited to report that the Bruce Travelers have survived their year-long hey! craft beer road trip. There's something to celebrate. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So those of you who uh, may be new listeners probably don't recall, but uh, God, whew. Was, Eight months ago now. I was going to say, yeah. March? Was it? it was March. It was okay. right about their, uh, their... They had just gone through the first quarter of their journey. Um, Michael Roberts and uh, Brandon Wirtz, uh, otherwise known as Haggis, um, were two guys who apparently uh, took on a, a, the ambitious plan of drinking every day for an entire year. They traveled the entire country planning on hitting a brewery or some sort of beer-related venue pretty much every day of the year. So they have survived their trip through, I think... I think just about, yeah, 48 states. So um, they've hit every state in the continental United States as well as Canada and Mexico. They've driven 40,000 miles <laughs> and they've visited 789 breweries. So, yeah, who uh, they have their website, which is brewstravelers365.com, has a most recent update that has all of the information about their entire journey, um, including their lovable van called Homer, uh, who. <laughs> Unfortunately, I had a little damage here while interviewing in Lancaster. Oh. Um, 
What happened? Uh, uh, somebody clipped the uh, the mirror off the side, oh. which was very unfortunate. Um, but uh, yeah, so they drove uh, forty thousand miles, forty thousand and seven miles, which is really hilarious. <laughs> um, uh, they drove on average one hundred nine point six zero eight miles per day. Oh, wow. uh, the highest price they paid for gas was four dollars and eighty three cents in Canada, and the lowest price they paid was a dollar eighty three in Texas. So they were really keeping track of all the yeah, stats. Do um, they, because it's per liter up in Canada, did they actually? I don't know if they did the conversion okay. or not. <laughs> uh, their longest drive was from Las Vegas, Nevada to Dallas, which was about 18 hours. And I know they did some uh, things where they wow, had to go back to Texas yeah. for weddings and other important life events. So uh, they may have been scooting back there in time. So the number of nights they stayed in a hotel was 25. The number of times they slept in their van was 52. <laughs> uh, the nights that they actually camped were 22. Hmm. And all the other 266 nights, they stayed on someone else's couch, bed, or floor. So they really, really did rely so, on the kindness of strangers. Some very friendly souls out there. Yeah. Let, them, let them sleep in the house. I think that shows to the beer-drinking crowd here. Yeah, definitely. Know, and it know, says here, as a, as a special note, they only really paid for less than half of the hotel rooms that they actually had to stay in. So... Apparently, either the hotel or generous people in, in the area oh, okay. uh, comped them a hotel room stay, oh, which nice. is also very sweet, especially since uh, their van was pretty well stocked of gear and beer yeah, uh, yeah. when they met us. So uh, yeah, I'm was, sure they were running out of space. I think that's pretty amazing that only 25 days were spent in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, for doing it the whole year. Uh, apparently, uh, the Red Baron in MI, is that Michigan? Michigan is MI? Yes. Um, Named a Bruise Travelers IPA in their Whoa. honor. Wow. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, Brandon got uh, three haircuts. Michael got four. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brandon shaved twice. Michael, not at all. Uh. They went back home to Dallas, Texas three times. And they went uh, at most five days without a shower. Okay, that was uh, just about that. Seattle, like. Washington to Jackson, uh, Wyoming. Um, they went to six beer festivals, Ooh. The Great Taste of the Midwest, the Oak Park Micro Brew Review, Fremont Oktoberfest, the Fresh Hop Fest at Ten Barrel, Ooh. the Great American Beer Festival, which you guys should read that post. It's pretty amazing. Nice. And the Untapped Festival in Dallas. Cool. So they got plenty of pictures. Um, apparently, uh, Brandon got Lyme disease. Apparently, oh, geez. they went to the emergency room to discover that nothing was wrong. They almost hit deer ten times. They... Uh, Left behind uh, very few things for an entire year of driving around, which That's is pretty cool. nice. Do they say what they left behind? Or? Uh, three shampoo, plus three soap, plus one loofah left in bathrooms. One towel, one pair of socks fell out the window. One hat, <laughs> one wait, shirt, wait. one pair of boxers, one phone charger, and one camping chair. That's not bad at all. Yeah. That's, um, that's my weekend, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> did they say, wait, the socks flew out the window? Yeah, I think uh, they were probably drying them in, in the window. <laughs> Uh, they had uh, five beers lost to explosions or gravity, so that's all, that's not that bad. Explosions or gravity. Gravity always wins. Yeah. Um, so let me look here real quick. They did have the number of beers that they had, which was ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so... Maybe we should do uh, closest without going over, Mike. Let's do it. Oh, number of beers? Yeah, yes. okay. So you said, what, 780-so-odd breweries? Uh, yeah, seven hundred sixty-eight, something like that. All right, God. no, seven hundred and eighty-nine breweries. And I think so. You're they definitely sampled a lot. You're thinking six or seven at least per thing. So let me just do a quick calculation here. I will say that they uh, visited two point one six breweries per day. They visited nine uh, breweries in one day in Washington. Wait, did you say seven hundred breweries? Seven hundred and yeah. All right, I'll I'll round up. I'll say seven eighty nine breweries in here. I'll, I'll say fifty nine hundred beers. 
Okay. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go a little lower. I'm gonna go. Ooh, I'm just gonna say five thousand. Okay. So I probably. Oh, could've... but you know that when they were here in Lancaster, they had like twelve. Yeah. Um. I I I did seven and a half on average times the number of breweries they went to. That's why. So they visited 789 total yeah, breweries. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with five thousand though. 365 were official. 424 were bonus visits. They averaged 19 and a half beers per day. <laughs> we are way under. Wow. You have it, Mike, though. Close to going under there, over there. Uh, for a full total officially, which their untapped ratings are ridiculous, um, 7,124 <laughs> beers. Holy crap. Yeah. Still off by a thousand. Um, yes. So they actually have an account on Untapped, Bruce Travelers 365. <laughs> And you can look at the, uh, well, right now they're at 7,337 in total beers, uh, 7,124 unique. And yeah, so they have those badges that I've been working at for a year and a half now. But can we see their account? Like, do we know what like their highest ranked beer was? Can like, are we Uh, able to They were very uh, specific not to actually rate. Their personal accounts might have ratings, but the Bruce Traveler 365 oh, does because they didn't want to like slight anybody. That, they <laughs> that is such bullshit. They were in it for the experience. Not I want to know who the worst is. I want to know who the best is. Well, you can call them personally. So I have to travel out. around at all three. <laughs> why the hell did you even do it if you're not going to tell me this information? It's like, why? Oh, by the way, I checked out everything you want to know. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, I think what, I, qu- you know what? I had that beer. You had that Scotch Ale, but I'm not going to tell you how good it was. Like well, that's the, the bullshit that you're dealing with here. <laughs> the they should, I know. They should have told you. What it, did they think the Pliny was everything it was marked up to be? And did they think that yeah. uh, you know brunch up in Maine was uh, the best thing ever? Or you know did they have everything that they ever wanted and more? And was it everything they thought it would be? So it, maybe they could be more vague, like best state. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> I'm sure if you got a couple drinks in them off the record, they'd tell you, but uh, they didn't want to. No, why, what's the point, really? It's like, oh, we're going to have sports teams where they're not going to play each other. I think the point is not to piss off the breweries that you're going to go visit. Well, no, we're going to... Is that the cherry stuff? Yeah, yeah, you want to try this? No, I've had yeah, a class of it. Mm, it's, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, they made it an entire year. They didn't seem to murder each other. Uh, they didn't see any, any stabbings or uh, gunshots or anything serious at all. So they appear to still be friends and uh, are going to want to hang out. That's actually very important, too. Yeah, Yeah, anyway. To have spent an entire year together. I mean, I like both of you, but I don't think I could handle that. The the real question I was going to have is... The real question is how many pounds gained over the entire oh, year yes, sitting yes. in a car oh, drinking wow. crap beer, yeah. um, which is not on their list, which I don't fault them <laughs> for that at all. How much larger has their ass gotten? <laughs> um, yeah, it's a lot of sitting, a lot of drinking, but uh, it sounds like an amazing experience, and I, I envy them greatly. So I was glad to see that they, uh, they, they survived their awesome trip. That's very cool. What did you do next? Um, well, they had joked about uh, doing the same thing through Europe. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so that would be, I think, maybe the next... The next step in the list, if they decide to do it at all, um, the other one would be to go back. And I think he, um, one of them, uh, Brandon, maybe was talking about um, going back and doing it, only to write like a coffee table book, where at the end of it, and then there would be a dump of here's what we really thought. Oh, really? Will they tell me now? Um, maybe, maybe that's part of the project. I don't know. No. I don't know. Well, then other national news, uh, Bell's Brewery has a little bit of egg in their face. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Mike ended up contacting me not too long ago, uh, or was it Straub, that, about how Mercury, the new Bell's uh, Belgian, was. Yeah. Um, people were haranguing those at uh, the Friendly Greek. Yeah, yeah, that was me. About this beer. Uh, well, it turns out that they are having a voluntary recall on specific bottles of it due mm-hmm. to a uh, glass 
bottle defect, which of course, since I just had it this weekend, made me really, really nervous. Um, So much like Corona that we reported on earlier, uh, Bell's has a defect in their glass bottles, which means that small pieces of glass um, in the right conditions could potentially fall off into the beer. You drink it, glass goes into your digestive tract, and it's all sorts of bad news. Oh. So um, I'm not going to go through specifics because you need to um, look through the various counties of the region that these bottles were shipped. We are in the clear, so Mm -hmm. our listeners probably don't have to worry about it so much. Um, But it is something to be aware of, and it sucks when this happens to a major brewery, especially since they're not crafting their own bottles. They're clearly buying them from someone else. So it sucks when they get... You know, have to do this. And so the the key point is not to return it to the place where you bought it. You should contact Bells directly or a local distributor who works with Bells. And um, like I said, uh, there's a bunch of counties from across the affected region that we'll put up on the website. Cool. I mean, it's always um, looks bad, obviously, when you have like a recall like this. But at the same time, at least they're being upfront and honest about it. They they don't want people to accidentally get any sort of glass shards in their system. So, And it looks like they caught it pretty fast because it's only counties in Michigan. So it doesn't really affect anything in our region. But still, you want to be aware of it. Yeah, It's pretty cool. When I was actually at the the Greek uh, getting some beer, uh, brand new friend of the show, Woody, was there. And he Mm. was actually um, the one talking about Mercury and how new it is and apparently coveted it is and he was actually talking about this recall he was reading it as i was uh, perusing the shelves hmm. have so, we had mercury as if you guys had it i tried it it's a belgian blah, 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 and it's um okay. It's, okay it's a belgian i don't know yeah i mean it was a good belgian but it wasn't mind-blowing so i don't know why everybody was like freaking out about it yeah i, I mean got maybe just because it was new could be you will forget about new so um in our last uh, national bit of news uh founders blushing monk returns after a four years hiatus hmm. so founders a, a brewery that i love quite dearly okay. their breakfast out is oh, not to mention their uh their uh, kbs is also mm-hmm. um, an amazing beer they had this uh belgian style ale fermented with pure raspberries called the blushing monk and they apparently discontinued it um back i guess it's part of their Founders Backstage series uh, in 2011, and then they hadn't bottled it for four years. Um, so this is because it was part of their Backstage series, which is a little bit more rare. But it uh, looks like this year they're back in full force, and starting in March, they are going to re-release this in 750 milliliter bottles with a suggested retail price of about 17 bucks, which is pretty fair. Hmm. Um, so it's brewed with a, quote, ridiculous amount of raspberries and with a Belgian <laughs> yeast strain uh, that keeps our head seller operator from sleeping for a week. I don't know what that means, but I guess it wakes him up. <laughs> must be uh, finicky. <laughs> yeah. So it pours a stunning deep berry red, and at 9.2% ABV, it has a surprising kick. So it's apparently a very delicious dessert beer. I would probably say maybe a less sweet version of the <laughs> yeah. beer we're drinking right now. It's it's grown on me a little bit. At first, I was like, "Oh, this is kind of gross." But as I'm drinking more and more of those, the, at first it was like a cherry flavor, like a cherry cough syrup. Uh, but the raspberries are starting to actually come through. Yeah, what is this what called? That's what it's made with. Big Luscious. Ah, uh, that's right. Big Luscious. Um, Which is a stout with uh, tons of cherries. Yeah. So yeah. usually these beers, they start out good, but they end up terrible. This is sort of working its way in the opposite direction. Yeah. Um, so in other news closing, uh, close to this, the Backstage series is back in full force. So there should be at least two more releases from founders in that series later this year. Cool. They haven't announced what they are. All right. Definitely be on the lookout for those. So that's, uh, that's some pretty good news. I'm excited to try some new stuff from Founders. Always excited to try new stuff from Founders. So with that, let's move on to a little point-counterpoint. Point. 
So, um, just a quick recap for anybody that's not quite aware. Uh, so, Pennsylvania recently allowed eateries to deliver beer w- with a special license. Um, I know this. They announced this what about a week, week and a half ago, probably. It's right yeah. before the Christmas break. They did it very subtly, um, so there wasn't much hubbub about it. But I know we were surprised to hear that the announcement that the typically uptight uh, Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board is allowing for beer to be delivered to your front door. Uh, yes, for a commodity that horror upon horrors cannot be sold in convenience stores or a vast majority of grocery stores, you actually can have up to two six-packs delivered to your welcome mat. Uh, if you want some sweet baby Jesus to go with your meat lover's pizza, that can soon be a very real possibility. Uh, right now, uh, For right now, though, a pizza place or a grocery store can't just load up a van with beer and drive it to your home. It must first apply for and receive a special license called a transporter for hire license, and that costs the establishment a thousand bucks. And the person ordering the beer must also provide a credit card information over the phone up front and establish legal age verification upon delivery. So there's some stipulations, but they're not really as uh, vigorous as I feel like they normally would be in this state. So basically, if any one of the establishments around here, like say, I mean, the fridge doesn't really do deliveries as it is right now, but if they wanted to, if they plunked down $1,000 and received this license, they can start just delivering to two six packs to your door. Well, I found that the, there's two types of regulations for PA liquor laws. The one is just weird antiquated shit that doesn't make any sense because we haven't changed it. And the one is PA needs to make sure that it gets its money. So in a certain way, I kind of understand this because the weird regulations are basically to make sure that no matter what, if alcohol is sold, shipped, traded, or whatever within Pennsylvania, that the PA Liquor Control Board gets their cut. So... I kind of understand this where they're like, well, this actually makes some sense. And then the um, the local news item that I saw had the guy who I guess was in charge of Al's Pizzeria. Unfortunately, not Al's of Hamden. But, uh, oh, no? Okay. Uh, the first guy was from Al's Pizzeria. Um, I'm sure there's 8,000 of them. There are. <laughs> it's like the, what's the New York place? Uh, Ray's, Ray's original. Yeah. So he was saying that it, for him it was good because um, it means that he doesn't have to have drunks come up. Uh, buy beer and then drink it and then go home and be drunk. Mm. And so they're not driving drunk on the way home that if they want beer, they run out of beer that they can just call up and buy a pizza and have a six pack of beer show up with with it, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is a really, 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 really good point is that, um, I mean, just this week I've seen two things that I've never thought I'd see in my life. And that was one is a taxi cab drop someone off at the shamrock as opposed to pick them up. That was weird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the second was that there was a severely shit-faced guy buying uh, Budweiser inside the Friendly Greek who had had a taxi drive him there wait for him to buy his beer Mm -hmm. and then let him go back out so I guess a kudos to that man for taking a taxi drunkenly to the Friendly Greek but at the same time that's illegal what you can't serve someone who's invisibly intoxicated well I don't well argument as to whether he was truly a visibly intoxicated I knew he was drunk he was okay. acting like an asshole but you know it, all right it's, everything's legal if you don't get caught <laughs> but yeah it was the guy was, was was drunk maybe he was technically selling it to the guy's girlfriend who was there with him or whatever um, but the idea that I, they were like there was a taxi cab driver sitting there waiting for them to come out of the place to go back and drive them home and I applaud the responsibility yeah, but at the same time like if those people a didn't need to drink that badly or B could have had beer delivered to them it's all the yeah. better Taking a cab for Budweiser? Really? Uh, <laughs> the, the cab fare is probably yeah. worse than the thing. Yeah, yeah it's true. More so. But I think this is reasonable. You know, I think it, it makes sense to uh, allow people to have beer delivered as long as there is some way for the people who are driving. And the guy from uh, Al's Pizza Risk said that all of his people were ramp certified. So yeah. they were already bar- like legitimate bartenders who got certification with the state to be responsible for serving alcohol. So. Yeah. 
for them, you would imagine that they would really know what the consequences were of handing off that 24-pack of Bud Light to the kid who looks like he's 18, maybe. Yeah. yeah, but now also they don't have to drive home, though. So it's like before, like if you're a bartender at an establishment, you overserve someone and that person drives home, they get in an accident or something like that. You know, you're partly responsible for that right, shit. Right. But now you don't have to worry about that. They're not. I mean, where are they going? They're already home. But now you got to worry about like, you know, Johnny and Jill stealing their mom and dad's credit card and order yeah. and stuff. And then yeah. that's why I said I, I'm sure just like with anything, like um, if you use a credit card, like just to buy pizza. I think technically when the pizza guy shows up, he ha- he can ask, you know, for yeah. verification to make sure the card is like you. Not that they really do it. But with this, it's sort of, it, I'm kind of excited about the possibilities, but at the same time, I'm wondering like where it's going to go. Um, well, and liability is something interesting because right. if you have a house party and then and your friends get drunk at your house and then they drive home, you are also liable as much as they are for the impending accident. So you don't get off the hook just because it's not your problem once they step off your property. The mm. law says that you are... I'm not sure exactly how it breaks down, but you are also... Uh, I'm responsible for Loretta. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's one of those things that <laughs> can be terrifying. And she's been a lot better lately, and she's yeah. got friends who help oh, out. Oh, I got hit by a gobble titty the other night. Oh, oh really? I did. That's oh, back? My. Oh, God. Weird, yeah. Better watch out, guys. So it was at the, oh, that no. show at the Chameleon. I, like, all of a sudden, just reached down. There's, like, jaws on my boob. And <laughs> 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 she was gobbling away. Oh, God. She's got teeth like a Bond villain, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think, you know, the liability is an interesting thing. But, yeah. uh, I, you know, there is something about the point of having to... Especially on a Monday when there's not much open, to drive across yeah. town and get beer is really obnoxious. So it'd be great if I could just call up the friendly Greek and be like, you know what? That's really good. Yeah, you give can... me a cheesesteak and a six pack yeah, of. You're over there. I don't feel like going out there. Yeah, exactly. Here. Well, I'm sure they're going to mark it up though. That's what I'm worried about. Like, thousand dollars. They're going to be like, it's oh, going to yeah. be like extra ten bucks for a six pack. Well, they mark it up now anyway. So I, I I'm hesitantly pro. Yeah. Cautiously pro, I should say. Wonder, wonder how pro. that would work, though. Like, say we're all at a party, you know, and invariably we run out of beer. It's like, oh, no. So, like, can we call a place up and be like, one guy orders a six, two six-packs, and then he passes the phone to somebody else, and they order two <laughs> six-packs. So that way, you know, we don't have to call him 40 million times for him yeah. just to come out. And... That's no more shady, I guess, than uh, buying two six-packs, stepping outside of the property, walking back in to buy two more six. I mean, like, it's but, per transaction, not so. Like, there's been times where people have gone outside the Belvedere six carryout drop off their six packs come yeah. back in and buy some more beer but that's kind of what i was wondering about too like could, could we like skirt that rule could we could i order like say a case of beer and then pay for it in two six pack increments and then when they show up they just deliver it to me in two six packs then run back to the car get the other yeah, two when six is packs? the transaction when they charge the card or when they give you the I, beer? I think so it's per transaction so, so the transaction was it's it, a, but I still find that weird because at the same time you can go to a distributor and buy four cases at once if you want. So it's not yeah. about like too much alcohol because it's you about could just, separating the people who sell cases versus six packs. Exactly. We know that. Yeah. Which is another thing. Like I, I guess distributors really aren't get. I haven't heard a fuss from them at all about this. As far as something now, well, they're supplying the guys. So to them, it's still more sales. I guess. Okay. Yeah. In a way, I mean, like. It'd be nice if you could call a distributor. And Some like, distributors, yeah, yeah. I need like four cases on Saturday. Would you mind drop popping by the house for my party? And then they just show up with the beer. That would be cool, too. Well, I think you actually can have that done, can't you? Some distributors, I think, will actually do deliveries. Because oh, I know I, I was driving somewhere, and there was like a, a gingling truck from one of the distributors parked outside a random house. And it just reminded me that I think that actually can be done. That you can have like a keg or something dropped off for who knows how much. But huh. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. That sounds quite convenient. Yeah, definitely. 
Especially when we do like a craft beer bar and be like, or party, and it's just like, give me four variety packs from four different places and bring them to the house. I don't have to go out and go shopping for them. Yeah, it would be nice. Be, um, yeah, because I mean, there's no special license required to order, like, own a keg or to possess a keg. So if they're out delivering to bars and whatnot, I feel like if they're like, yeah, if you're ever in the area, you know, drop one off here. Yeah, and it, well, there, but there's so there is some weird. I was just reading um, an article about a guy who had um, hundreds of thousands of dollars of wine confiscated because he was a wine collector and he had cl- amassed his collection in Jersey and then moved to PA and brought his wine oh. cellar with him. And PA said yeah, that he right. didn't pay taxes on that. Uh-huh. And then he, because he had access to, sp- to special vineyards uh, collections, he had other people come in and then for at cost, they could go in and request what they wanted. So he was running a wine business, even mm-hmm. though he wasn't making any money off of it. He was just bringing in individual people, but they sent in police officers undercover and blah, blah, blah. And they basically wow. raided in and took his entire wine collection. But as part of that article, one of the weird things is, is if you are driving from Ohio to New Jersey to deliver wine, or you bought wine in Ohio and you're driving home to Jersey, yeah. and you stop at a hotel to spend the night in PA, you have to pay tax on your wine because you weren't driving through the state. The PA huh. is so insane on making sure they get every last penny out that they... Just like it's illegal to have wine shipped to your home, you're technically supposed right. to have it to shipped to a state store because if it's to be sold at a state store or can be sold at a state store, you need to buy it from the state store, not for, directly from the bird, from the vineyard. Um, yeah. So <laughs> now, <laughs> never if this, mind. If, this, um, <laughs> if the state store does not have that particular bottle of wine, then it's not a big deal. But it's still supposed to be shipped to the local state store, oh, because, so you pay the tax on it. For, all right. So I've. Hypothetically, I know a guy <laughs> who uh, orders online wine. I don't know who this person is. I, I mean, he's a friend I've heard of, uh, and um, he's had it shipped directly to him or her um, for quite some time. Like cases, like in cases. This mythical person. Are you sure that's the wine law? Uh huh. Oh wow. That should be. It should be shipped to your. It's because they yeah. do UPS and UPS doesn't check. Like yeah. mythical. I don't know who this person is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we d- we didn't have any of that wine here at this podcast. <laughs> so yes, technically, according to the law, now I think as a private citizen, they probably won't care too much, unless you're really abusing it, like by. You well, know, did you see our parties? Well, <laughs> Were you yes. here on my birthday? But uh, yeah, so there's some really, 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 really interesting laws on our books that guarantees that the PA Liquor Control Board can go after you like a real criminal if you aren't paying your. Um, I guess they would argue fair share. So, yeah, more and more evidence that the PA Liquor Control Board should just go the hell away. But that might be a conversation for a different point, counterpoint. So who snitched? Like, how did the PLCB find out about that wine guy? Uh, They didn't say. Okay. The article didn't say. It said somebody did send in a tip anonymously to the police. Um, And then what ended up happening is uh, tech. So the argument is, is that his lawyers are arguing that he hasn't done anything wrong because he wasn't making any money off of it and that he was somehow paying the appropriate taxes. And so what happened or that when he brought it in as his own collection, that technically he didn't have to pay taxes because it wasn't income into PA. The state is arguing that the undercover police officers said that they wanted to buy a couple of rare be, uh, wear rare wine bottles off of him for like an engagement present or a wedding present for another couple and that he sold them wine from his collection and so they were going to nail him on that for selling without a license and blah 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 but it turns out he 
sold it at cost. So again, he wasn't making any money. So um, the article was arguing that it's probably pretty likely that it'll be overturned and he might be able to get, he, he's probably not going to get in any trouble. The problem is, is the way civil forfeitures work is that the case isn't against him. The case is against his wine. So it's the state of PA against X bottles of wine <laughs> and that he has to prove that the wine is innocent of any crime. <laughs> and so it gets really weird and muddied in a legal, oh really God. deeply gray area. It wasn't me. It was the wine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, if I'm going to go to jail, the wine is at fault. (laughs) The wine is caught red-handed. Oh, and white-handed too. (laughs) Well, you don't drink that shit. But anyway, (laughs) so I guess I should point out that uh, we here at the Blind Tiger Podcast are not lawyers, and I'm going off the best that I understand from reading several news articles on these things, on these issues. So consult your attorney if you are worried about these things in your personal life, but. That the, uh, yeah, things are very, very weird for the regulation of alcohol in this and many other states in the nation. Wow. It's yeah, crazy. Ridiculous. So let's get away from that De- Debbie Downer yeah. and on to uh, our favorite segment, Beer versus Beer, Celebratory Beers Edition. Beer versus Beer. and Rob select the finest beer to pit in single combat for champion beer. Two beers enter, one beer leaves. So the end of the year is a hard time, is a hard theme to cobble together uh, for these beer versus beer themes. There are the more obvious beer choices like favorite of 2014, but that requires an intensely strong memory to recall which recent beers came out during the 2014 year. And let's be honest, after this many beers, it is all a wonderful blurry haze. Instead, we decided to go with celebratory beers. Mm. Much like our opening questions, this is something that we'd want to share in jubilation. A beer to have at a momentous occasion of mirth. So this week's beer versus beer is going to be the most mirthful battle yet. So I'm I guess I'll go first this time if you don't okay. mind. No, that's fine. Cool. Um so I'm going with Deschutes and not the Stoic. Mm. So Deschutes has pretty much only put out one beer that I am not overly enjoyed about, and that is the um I think they're Colette, their their Saison or Farmhouse yeah, yeah. Ale. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything else that comes out from them is super solid, if not fantastic. I recently just had their uh, barrel-aged Black Butte Porter 15 at uh, Hunger and Thirst the other day, which is like a bourbon-aged. It's their Black Butte Porter Mm -hmm. um, aged in bourbon barrels. So delicious. Oh, there's wax on this. Fancy. Oh, Uh, shit. Yeah. So this is... um, Apparently, in limited quantities. It's a Belgian quad. quad. It is aged and sequestered in select oaked cast. The result is a contemplatively brewed quad created in homage to all those who doubled the original. This unrepentant rendition is definitely not the Stoic. So it's uh, made with Pilsner, specialty bean, uh, crystal rye malts um, with Czech Saz uh, hops. Um, it's also they also use pomegranate molasses for an additional nice little sweetness and uh, nice. to kick the alcohol level up a notch. Um, it is barrel aged eleven months in fifteen percent Pinot Noir uh, barrels and fifteen percent rye whiskey barrels. Hmm. So it was um, 
in the 2014 World Beard Awards was awarded the America's Best Strong Dark Ale. Oh. And in the 2014 World Beard Awards, it was considered the world's best strong dark ale. It's dark? Um, it Quite will be dark. Uh, Okay, here's a here's a, a question just to prove I'm still an idiot. What's what's quad about it? What's four mean? What's the quad versus a triple and a double? I've seen these these indicators, but I don't know what they mean. Well, I think it's similar into the um, IPA versus like imperial or double IPA, where well, I understand it's that double the, the, it, it increases the alcohol, but what does it mean? And the flavor. Um, I don't know if it directly means a, a doubling in ingredients or not, Mike. You're googling this, so I guess you can. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my uh, knowledge about Belgian beers kind of gets a little hazy once I get up into the things like the quads. I don't have them too often. Uh, apparently, it's intended to be a stronger than a triple, which we, we all know that. Uh, AB, ABV strength will be about uh, 10% or more. And beyond that, there's little agreement on the status of quadruple as a style. So, I generally know quad, like, um, so to me, like, uh, doubles are kind of dark, but they tend to be very sweet. Triples tend to be a lot lighter, a little bit more alcohol burn. And then quads go back to them being very dark. Whoa! Uh, so dark, light, dark. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like a double double. But it, it, I think it's a more refined, uh, more of a potent beer, but still rather, rather, relatively smooth uh, compared to like. Um, well, it just doesn't have the sweetness of a double. That kind of goes out of it. It smells very well. It smells sweet. It smells very clean. So it is a darker beer, but it's definitely not like stout dark. It's more of like a, a maroon or a. A darker red color than like traditional, like yeah. dark dark brown or a black. Yeah, if anything, it's like, um, and then the taste too. It's kind of like a brandy. I intentionally took the bottle out early, which is what we're going. I'm going first in order to keep it um, keep it a little warmer. I think Belgians usually fare better at a little slightly warmer temperature. Doing it ice cold, you won't get the nuances out of it. Um, you can definitely tell that alcohol flavor in there for sure. It is 12.1 percent, oh. 15 IBUs, so it's. It's definitely intended to be malty and sweet um, with a nice, nice alcohol burn. So the reason I chose this for my celebratory beer is, um, A, the name, not the stoic. You know, uh, when you're partying, you don't want to be that stoic individual in the corner. (laughs) And obviously, a 12.1% delicious Belgian quad will (laughs) take you (laughs) (laughs) from being the uh, very quiet and pensive wallflower in the corner to the guy with the lampshade and nothing but a lampshade on his head partying (laughs) in the middle of the dance floor. Or I'm, bat wings. Yeah, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of like very like dark strawberry notes, like kind of like a fruit was it fruit roll up. Was it back in the day? I remember those. Yeah, yeah. fruit yeah. by the foot. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Fruit by the foot. Yeah, yeah. fruit, fruit roll up was a different. That was like the like harder stuff that got stuck in your teeth. And, oh, you mean fruit by the foot? Is that what you're thinking? Of? Yeah, I think I was thinking of fruit by the foot. A little lighter. Um, yeah, there is like a uh, a berry sweetness in there. Um, the alcohol burn's not bad for twelve percent. I mean, you can definitely tell oh, no. it's a stronger beer, but it's a very mellow uh, strongness. I wouldn't guess twelve at all. Mm. It, it's a very, very fruity beer. Um, yeah, just in general, like I get a lot of raspberries in it too. Um, kind of tastes the molasses a little bit. Like, yeah, little. I was, I was thinking it's like not necessarily like dark chocolate, but yeah, you're right. Definitely molasses, more more of a brown sugar thing. I, 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 I kind of want to say, although I'm not the biggest expert, so I let Jesse determine this. I f- kind of feel like I get a bit of a wine note in there. I'd agree too. What do, you, what do you think? Sort of after it mellows in your tongue. Yeah, there's a little bit. Of, there's a hint there. I don't really get yeah. much of a. There's a. There's a I, I thought I'd caught it twice, like one right before the alcohol burn, and then right after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that, yeah, I it's agree. hidden there, but it's. I thought I caught it. So we're actually incredibly lucky. Um, it looks like uh, as 
far as east of the Mississippi, yeah. Kentucky, Ohio, and PA are the only states that get to shoots. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, we're pretty Weird. lucky to, to okay. get not only a their staples, but their their uh, rarer selections as well. So cool. uh, they've come to the area in a strong way. So I'm a big fan of this. Generally, um, Belgians they're a strong middle uh, contender for styles. Um, they're definitely not in my lower half of styles, but they're definitely not my favorite. Um, and quads are usually very, very difficult for me to thoroughly enjoy due to the intense alcohol flavorings and the the big punch in the face. This somehow is stronger than most of the quads I've had, but not in flavor. It's a very, I mean, it's there's a flavor there, but it's not kicking you in the nuts with flavor. Yeah, no. I, was, I usually am worried about that. It's with like, like romancing some... you a little bit. <laughs> Whoa. <Yeah. laughs> All right. It's, it's almost like a, maybe I'll try this. Can I have more? There's some, it's, it's more of a heavy petting than a... <laughs> A kung fu grip, if you know what I mean. What? <laughs> I didn't. I think I can definitely taste the the ryeness out of it, though. There's there's something husky there. Mm-hmm. Like um, I was able to actually indulge it's all in a about very the base. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was able to indulge in an actually very fancy whiskey over the uh, holiday break, and no, um, it kind of reminds me of that uh, McKellen 15 year. Oh, yes. <laughs> it was a gift for somebody else, but luckily he was very generous. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, McKellen has some good stuff. How was it? Oh, it was poof. It was good. It was, um, I mean, it's so much more complex than like the normal whiskeys I'm used to. Yeah. Uh, and it's great sipping whiskey. I did it straight. Uh, I didn't oh, add yeah. any, no ice, uh, not even a little bit of water. I would have liked to add like a little bit of water, but I just had it just as is. And it was even then just. It's intense. It's like lava. It like slowly. It is intense. Yeah. It's just like the tingling. Just... Yeah, I almost get like heartburn out afterwards. Just no, no, that's of heart love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's heart romance, though, yeah. as you said. Yeah. <laughs> it's heart herpes, man. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope Ooh. not. <laughs> I'm just saying it stays with you forever. <laughs> Maybe for you, Rob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. So, okay, I love this beer. So let's see what Mike's bringing. Cause, um, I don't want his beer because it's herpes. Yeah. <laughs> my, my beer's a little bit more clean. I know okay. what his beer is, and it's also... I think a, I might already pick Mike. <laughs> yeah. Quick question. <laughs> Can I already make this decision? <laughs> <laughs> Since we did, um, uh, I mean, if Rob gave me heart herpes a second ago, yeah, I, you know? <laughs> it's, uh, the whiskey did. Right? Yeah, yeah, the whiskey did. Oh uh, yeah, and then McKellen that was some. Uh, that's uh-huh. good. And uh, I was reading about the eighteen year too, which is apparently is like it sounds like it's a completely different flavor. Which I'm not sure what the three years is doing there, but ah, celebration. Mm-hmm. Uh, a classic. Did you, uh, Rob, do um, since we had doing a year end thing? Uh, our beer versus beer. <laughs> Totals. Um, I have not calculated them at this moment, but I will before we. Just curious. All right. Well, I'll dive into my beer real quick. So I did choose the Celebration by Sierra Nevada. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to think that my choice is encompassing this theme more than just in name only. Uh, for starters, Celebration is Sierra Nevada's winter ale and one of the first and only winter beers that is an American IPA style with no traditionally winter spices added. This is their fresh hop beer, utilizing hops that are no more than two weeks old. It's a fairly malty brew, stout enough, I believe, to be good for cold weather. It's a great beer to drink and is released at just the right time of year. Uh, I think this is the season that we celebrate a lot, whether it be the last year of college or your favorite sports ball team winning. Maybe you just had a great year like I did and want to commemorate it with this beer. Uh, yeah, I always forget how, like, because I always get thrown off. It comes in, like, a very bright red, like, Christmassy bottle, and it's got the little cabin with the snow on it. So I'm like, oh, it's a winter warmer. Not interested. And then I realize, oh, wait, no, that's the celebration. That's their fresh hop, really good IPA. Um, 
and it's uh, it's always got the year on it. This is the 2014 edition, of course, uh, which since I went to the Belvedere, you can never be quite sure. I might have gotten the 2010 edition. Who knows? But, <laughs> the okay. 1900, if they were not Y2K compliant. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, There's a... Uh, Quite possibly one of my favorite jokes on television of all time uh, comes from the show Just Shoot Me, oh, yeah. uh, starring David Spade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it comes to a point where David Spade's, Spade's character is to be David Spade. Totally annoying, grating, obnoxious. But at, at some point during the uh, mythology of the show, they imply that he is remarkably well hung. And yet cannot pick up a lady to save his life. And one of the uh, co-workers with him goes, it's a tale as old as time, great product. Terrible advertising. And I kind of feel that a way about the celebration where every time it comes in, I always have to intentionally make a mental note to say it is not a spiced yeah. winter Christmas ale due to the fact of the log, snowy log cabin and the everything that kind of screams this is going to taste like gingerbread. Right. And instead, it's just a delicious fresh hop ale. And I've been drinking this stuff like it's water this uh, season, um, especially mm-hmm. after fresh hop season left. This is the only thing that seems to be really hanging on there because Sierra Nevada makes it by the truckload. Yeah. And um, so I, there, I have no complaints. This beer is amazing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. In fact, there's probably been several people on the opposite spectrum that were hoping for like some sort of like gingerbread cookie in a bottle and were like, oh, this is bitter. I don't like this. But No, the effervescence of this beer is amazing. The effervescence of effervescence. Yeah. It's it, it's got a great color. There is a bit of red to it. I'm sure they use a little bit of red malt in there. Um, this is right after their autumn beer, which is the flip side red IPA, so I'm sure they yeah. probably have some leftover. It just it smells amazing. It's a little little fruity, kind of fruity pebbly yep. in the flavor. That It's bright. It's intense up front. It does uh, kind of mellow out with that fruity pebbleness. Um, but it doesn't like it's not cloying in that way. It's delicious. Yeah. I um, I don't know. I have to say that I've <laughs> there's a lot of good beer versus beers that we've had, and I'm like yeah. on board with loving both of these beers. So I think we we, we pulled out all the stops for Mr. Clark here. Yeah, yeah. it's oh. not quite chocolate and beer pairings, but uh, yeah. it's the best. We I need do. a little bit more time. You need to stall. I was stalling. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, you need to talk about something here for a moment. But I've completely lost track, like where we are. Like we were pretty close in beer versus we beer. Were, but we were pretty close. I was, was. I meant to do the, like the calculation. But, you know what um, I do like about Rob's though is that it. Uh, like I, I haven't decided yet, but no, I do ahead. like that with it with with the Belgian quad. That usually the Belgian flavors are really upfront and intense. And I yeah. do like you, you were saying it's romancing. It is muted. It's kind of like it's not as. Usually they're very like intense and right in your face. But it's not there. And the same thing with the Sierra Nevada. Like, you know, they're not going over the top with the bitterness of this. It's, it has no, a, good, no. a good, just solid flavor. Yeah, they And the fresh hop, it does. It's really delicious. Yeah, it's definitely, like, on the forefront of the taste. So you can definitely tell it is fresh. But you're right. It's not yeah. punching you in the face with it. They didn't just, like, IBU the shit out of it. Yeah. Um, I don't want heart herpes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have to hand it to Rob, though. That beer was fantastic. And the fact that it actually makes this beer taste kind of thin, just because yours was so full in body, so, so thick and... Uh, juicy, yeah, yeah. I wonder what your what if potatoes tasted first. I think it would have been just a little bit, a little bit cleaner, a little bit brighter. I just combined them, by the way. Okay, I was wondering what you're doing. I was like, what the hell is Jesse doing? That over was there? Yeah. it. Wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that kind of just fighting on the way down. Like, yeah, it was like uh, <laughs> I may have got harpy, herpes from that. But yeah, I, exactly. That's how you get heart herpes. <laughs> <laughs> Sharing beers. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I had Celebration, um, Timmy, friend of the show, Timmy O'Brien, yeah. um, basically pulled it out of the, the fridge and was like, dude, I love this beer. And I looked at it and was like, ah. and he yeah. like, oh, I'll split it with you. And I'm like, all right. So he popped the top, poured some in, and I took a sip of it and was like, oh, God, that yeah. is 
perfectly the opposite of what I expected. It is a delicious fresh hopped IPA. Oh my god, I'm so excited. The winner is Mike. Oh, okay. wow. All right. Yeah. Um, I just I tasted the last sip of Rob's, and however much I do like, I mean, it was. I like the flavors. I like how it is. Um, like I said, muted, but it's good, and it's kind of like it sneaks in there, and it's it's good. Um, but I don't know. I still. T- I don't know. Maybe my tastes are just changing to where I'm more appreciating this fresh hop IPA, this celebration okay. ale. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's always a good go to standby. Um, yeah, it's always a very solid beer. But I have to hand it to Rob. I think um, Dayshoots is a company that, like, I guess they are new to the area and they're sort of exclusive. I haven't been the biggest fan of it uh, compared to some people, but this beer has definitely been um, is sort of changing my mind uh, to them in general. Uh, definitely a very um, uh, a- capable company. Yeah, able, um, able to produce a good beer. I'm right now having my uh, my one room in my apartment uh, painted by Matt Moore, and we've been drinking um, Deschutes uh, IPA. Oh, the IPA. Yeah. The um, uh, is it um, Chainbreaker? Lasso? Is yeah, Lasso no. the, just the straight IPA? Oh, I forget which one it is. It's Chainbreaker, I think, is the white IPA. So. It's not white IPA. Okay. It's not. Um, so maybe it is less so, but it's 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 delicious. We love it, and um, it helps. I think painting goes very. Oh well. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, is it the inversion IPA or the Chainbreaker White IPA? It's not white. Or um, Red Ch- Chair Northwest. Could be Red Chair. Is it Red Chair? Uh, there's the Twilight Summer Ale. Oh gosh! Ooh, Ooh, hop in the dark sounds delicious. Cascadian dark ale. Uh, hop trip is their fresh hop. Far squeezed is their IPA. Chasing freshies is another amazing yeah, fresh hop. Yeah, that IPA. was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Foray is another, another IPA. Shit, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, they have a sour called the Dissident. I haven't had that one yet. <laughs> um, yeah, it was one of those because that's it. Okay, sorry, don't know. It was delicious. Let's have the images, and then I can really look and. Yeah, that would probably help. Um, I do know that not the Stoic is rated 91 on Beer Advocate is outstanding. The brothers have not had it to rate it. Um, I don't know what uh, celebration is, but... Wait, so sorry, you said the not the Stoic was rated, rated what? 90... 91. 91, okay. Yeah. Mine by who, the brothers, or overall? Just uh, overall, because okay. the brothers haven't had it. Uh, my, mine's 98. <laughs> uh, it is a really good beer. And 99 for style. Yeah, it, it's solid. Yeah, it's, it's, this was a Sophie's Choice of beer, for sure. Yeah. Well, since we were talking about the end of the world as we know it, I mean, year as we know it, and we're all feeling quite fine right now, uh, let's move on to our end of the year review. It's the end of the year as we know it. (laughs) And we're quite drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I managed... There's the opening quote. <laughs> Didn't have to look far for that one. Yeah, hero to thought, romancing the testicles as opposed to the yeah, that, food grape would have been up there too. That's what that I thought. Yeah. No, I, I, teaser had, at the end. I marked those, but yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So I, uh, as I said last year around this time, I uh, donate a little money to Untapped every year to keep them going because uh, I think that they are a wonderfully great service. And as a result, they give you access to your statistics. Um, and so they actually added uh, at some point to the website uh, this year, which kind of actually gives you an excuse to go to their website because they're so mobile friendly. Why would you ever need to go to the website? But they actually have a section called Your Beer Statistics, and you can select up to the last 365 days. And it'll show you things like um, the most, the highest number of check-ins that you've had uh, over the last several months. So um, let's see here. The biggest number of check-ins was in August. I had 19. 
um, and then in nine six, which probably was the, uh, if I believe correctly, the Lancaster Craft Beer Fest was that day. I had sixteen check-ins there. So anyway, <laughs> I brought in the um, You're almost up to par with the Brewster truck. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I basically did that, and then I have uh, overall all of the beers that I've ever checked into untapped, which is uh, pretty hard. Um, to keep track of all of that stuff. So some of the stats I thought was very interesting uh, for me personally. I had checked in 715 beers over the year. Um, 428 of them were unique beers. So I've had 428 unique beers in the last calendar year, which is pretty insane. Um, 60% of the beers that I drink are new beers, which is a very interesting factoid. Um, I'm only having two beers per day on average. That's you know not too alcoholic, just two per day. Um, that I'm checking in anyway, because I <laughs> tend not to check in the same beer over and over again if I'm having it uh, in sitting. Um, I've been to 83 venues over the year. 52 of them are unique, and uh, my new venue ratio is about 8%. Womp, womp, womp. Oh, wow. um, my top venues are my house. Uh, well, actually, sorry, the fridge above my own home, which oh, is God. <laughs> pretty bad. Uh, then my girlfriend's home, then Hunger and Thirst, and then apparently the Lancaster Craft Beer Fest nice. uh, checked in there quite a bit. Um, there should be no surprise to anyone that my top styles over the last year are the American IPA, the Imperial or Double IPA, uh, the American Pale Ale, and then uh, this should be actually surprising. Saison is my the next style after that, followed uh, very closely huh. by ciders. So oh, okay. I've had 107 total... Uh, IPA check-ins followed by 51 uh, double IPAs, 44 pale ales or APAs, uh, 23 saisons, and 22 ciders. Do they list what your favorite is? Uh, so my top beers for the last year are uh, Nugget Nectar, mm. Dale's Pale Ale, Dirt, <laughs> Dirt Wolf, yeah. um, Stout's yeah. APA, yeah. and Lagunita Sucks. So what was yes. that? Do they t- like by style? Like so, like your favorite cider? What was your favorite cider? Like, um, there, I can pull those statistics later. I have to do some um, magical um, database stuff to really get those sort of numbers. They don't really go through that specifically, but I know like uh, Dale's Pale Ale is a beer that I like. Oh yeah. And um, for a while there, I was having two every Friday at lunch for like seven months of the year. So <laughs> oh. got inflated quite a bit. Um, Whereas Dirt Wolf, I probably had less often, but rated much higher than Dale's Pale Ale. Um, and then, of course, Nugget Nectar. Um, I checked in like every single one of those because it's delicious. It's, uh, can we go over um, some of your uh, highlights and lowlights? Sure, yeah. Oh, I noticed you just uh, rearranged my wrapping my uh, order. Oh, this does it on yours too? Whoops. All no, right. it's Sorry. fine. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I was just looking at because the nice thing is that you actually comment on just about everything uh, as long as with a score, which is I, always good I to I have a little to context. As much as possible. And you have, what, five beers that you, you at least gave a half, half a star. Mm-hmm. Or half a point, whatever it is. Um, and I thought we should just go over those real quick because I love the comments. <laughs> yeah, okay. So uh, where was that? Uh, did I hide the location? I probably hid the location. Um, so batch number 53, Sweet Vermont Brown from Whetstone Station Restaurant. And I don't know where the hell that is. Yeah, where is Whetstone Station? 8, 12. So that was over August. Um, I might have hidden it. Let's find out where that is, actually. Um, Brattleboro, Vermont. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that was while I was up. Uh, Ooh, a bad Vermont beer. Interesting. Well, yeah. So <laughs> the, the terrifying irony of that is I was uh, chasing uh, some of the best beers in the world yeah. up at uh, Hill Farmstead <laughs> and uh, The Alchemist. And we did stop at a place um, that was gorgeous. It was uh, right on the border between Vermont and New Hampshire. And there's a nice river that goes right oh, through. Nice. It was yeah, on yeah. the edge of the river. Um, we actually saw this like uh, 1950s Cadillac 
amphibious vehicle. Oh, yeah. So it was driving along, amphibious and vehicle? it, it yeah, just yeah. pops into the river, and it's just James po- Bond. Um, actually, so, so, um, yeah, right. was it Eisenhower that owned one as a president, Probably. or one of the presidents had one? Eisenberg. Um, no, not <laughs> Eisenhower. I think it was Eisenhower. But he used to get in a car and he'd go driving and then he'd pretend that he, the brakes went out in the car and he would drive straight into a lake. And then I would do that too. Oh, he yeah. would freak people out with it and then he would just putt, 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 putt along uh, in, his, in his boat car. So, so I'm sitting there enjoying a beer. Oh, I would do that all the time. <laughs> exactly. Like, hey, let's go for a ride. <laughs> so oh, I was man. sitting there enjoying it. We had a bunch of beers and they had... Um, all these amazing, amazing sours in their cellar, and because you're there, it was like let's just try the local beer, the thing that they make. And I don't even they make made on. I don't know if they even made it on pre- premise, but uh, so I tried that, and it was it was super, super, super weak. It was a brown ale, and it was like just a bad brown ale, and it was like watery and gross. It was not pleasant. That was that was pretty terrible. Um, let's see what else did I have well the dog tag brewing mm-hmm. I love the idea behind this it's an ex-military guy who's raising money for uh, military charity oh, oh, I heard about this but his American IPA is uh, his IPA was so bad um, it was I tried to pawn it off on like three other people I was drinking with nobody <laughs> really could handle more than yeah. a swig and literally had to throw the can out which made me very upset but uh, um, I tried I tried real hard but when you know that the beer that's immediately above that is still reserved 211 yeah. <laughs> out of our uh, slumming it episode <laughs> <laughs> wait we did still reserve this was below slumming it I don't level? know why else I would have ha- had that it's at my house I can't imagine I had that just for shits and giggles it, it does say this was worse I know it's for the podcast but why, <laughs> but why voluntarily accept this torture <laughs> exactly below slumming at levels? Uh, that, well, yeah, so that was below slumming at levels. There's also a wheat beer that I cl- clearly didn't like um, that's on that list. Uh, I, but, just, I just love your actual quotes. Like, the Batch 53 from Whetstone was, this was just awful. Too thin on mouthfeel, weak but coffee bitter. This was a failed experiment, which uh, uh, disappointing given the other beers. <laughs> yeah, I had a bunch of other other stuff. Um, like, the, I have the Cocoa Brown from uh, Kona Brewing Company, and uh, it, just, it just says, I hate coconut. This is pretty damn gross. <laughs> <laughs> like the ones just, I hate this beer. <laughs> um, which it's is kind of nice to hear you guys just like, you know, really say how you actually feel rather than like beating around the bush with these bad, you know, with the bad reviews. Yeah. Well, I had a Bulmer cider at some point, <laughs> although it doesn't is, say where. And my review is this tastes like drinking a cherry Jolly Rancher, sickly sweet. Yeah. And you actually gave one star to the Colt 45 double malt. That, <laughs> that was another slumming they have it. a star. <laughs> Yeah. I, it was it was it was slightly better than undrinkable, so yeah. I could swallow it without wanting to vomit. This is true. Um, also, also, ooh, the Curses IPA was a one. Wow, uh, where was that? At? All, all bitter without any real flavor. I'm usually cool with Spring House, but love IPAs, but not good. Yeah, yeah that, that one Curses was just kind of like no flavor, all bitter. It's weird. Well, I've enjoyed that they've that Untapped uh, this year stopped doing basically uh, one check-in per beer rating. So yeah. even though if you check in the beer like six times, it, it keeps the last rating that you gave it. Um, and now they're doing two things. One is they're doing more vintages, which I think is kind of a fake way to inflate your number of unique check-ins. Mm-hmm. But they give you the option to say, I had it today, I, I liked it as a three-star. I had it two days ago, I thought it was a two-star. Mm-hmm. And then they'll track that, and then you can average that kind of thing up for an oh, okay. overall mm-hmm. thing for the beer. Yes. Because I feel like, especially places like Springhouse, um, they are slightly inconsistent batch to batch, and some batches are better than others. And or like this case, I had your beer before his, and you know your your flavor changed my feel yeah. for what I had for Mike's beer. 
<laughs> Sorry, here's another one you rated a one. It's a Saison de Austin by South Austin Brewery. Not sure why this is rated so high. I found it to be skunky, funky, and gross, like drinking sweaty socks. <laughs> Don't recall writing that, but it sounds like something I'd say. I, I like this Rob. Where is this Rob for our yeah. podcast? You know? Oh, my favorite is uh, from Madison <laughs> Brewing Company. I had the Wasik white, uh, white wall and my response is i know why people want to make a blue moon clone i just don't think they should (laughs) (laughs) oh and then the whiny sarah apa by now defunct this was the beer that we just truly did not get because essentially it's like i think you said it best you just weren't sure what they're going for it wasn't really an apa or an ipa it's all over the place and not not good yeah it was an enigma that could not be solved Okay. All right. Well, we we've been hating. Uh, let's let's go to the fives. Let's uh, let's see some highlights for the year. Well, this is actually going to be an all time list, actually, as opposed oh, to just sorry. this year. But that's all right. Okay, well, we can look at the dates, I guess. In the all right, eleven nine fourteen. What was that one? Uh, look at that sweet sweet five check ins to Hetty Topper. Oh man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, a state homegrown ale by Sierra Nevada. Yeah, the estate. I love the estate. This year it was phenomenal. I just saw. I think the last place in town that I saw that still has it was um, Friendly Greek. Okay. And yeah, I, I thought about, I had a, bought a couple of bottles for tonight, and I was like, oh, don't want to go one more for the estate. I might have to go back there tomorrow. But yeah, uh, it's be good. been very good this year. Also, the Fresh Frog Raw Hop Imperial Pale Ale. New, new favorite IPA. Beer is um, beyond delicious. Yeah, it was. it's very good. Although, ironically, behind below it, I must have a check-in from quite a while ago saying it's my new favorite pale ale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's um, if I recall, it's very, very, very hoppy. But it also has that sort of like sweet uh, kick, just sort of just mellow out that 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 uh, bitterness. So um, yeah, from Hoppin' Frog, it's pretty good. I've been trying really desperately to find it, and I was also extremely pissed when my roommate drank the mm. the bottle I had saved for special occasion um, because uh, she broke the one cardinal rule of no drinking big bottles in my house. Sounds uh, like Julia Landis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Double Dose IPA. I don't think I've had that one by Otter Creek. Hmm. That was pretty good, too. Um, just a really solid double IPA. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is delicious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what else? Hop, hop Nosh a lot. Hopsolutely. Hop Warrior. Hmm. Hopsecutioner. <laughs> I may are enjoy hopping all... beers. You never... Oh, yeah, these are kind of old. The Hopsecutioner had for the first time at a chili and beer contest that the uh, Chameleon had put on. Oh, oh yeah, that one. Oh, I missed yeah. that one. Yeah, and I had that for the first time there and was just like, oh, my God, Terrapin's awesome. Um, but I really only drink their hoppy beers. I don't really drink. <laughs> they have, like, a lot of other stuff. Like, they're, um, they're like, have, like, a milk stout beer that uh, I always see and I never, I've never indulged on that way. Plenty of sculpin check-ins there. Hold mm-hmm. cow. Uh, your KBS this year, uh, you say that last year you weren't really enthralled, but this year is a strong, smooth, chocolatey, chocolatey, and super delicious. Truly impressive. I think I've really come around on stop beers. Um, I know okay. it's been a hard sell for me for quite a while, but um, as long as they're not overly coffee stouts, um, mm-hmm. I'm really starting to enjoy uh, that sort of darker, the the toasted notes. Really, I'm I'm embracing that much more. I mean, Good especially now in the winter. But yeah, it's just not like meh, not for me. But we already did. Stouts and or beer, or beer floats, right? We already did that. We did beer floats, yeah. yeah. Ooh, I remember that night. What else is pretty good on here? We should have a beer versus beer and sushi. Beer versus beer. Like sushi from two different places? No, just Godzilla rolls from mana. Okay. <laughs> 
Well, here's one that, that so you bad. disagreed with, Mike, <laughs> oh. where we finally oh. got to try the um, the classic goose from Brasserie, Brasserie uh, Cantillon, and you didn't oh, like yes, that at all. On. I did. I did kind of hate all over it. Um, yeah, I just wasn't feeling it. Didn't like it. I mean, it is just a, I mean, if you want to know what does a goose, like an old goose yeah. um, sour taste like, that's a very, very, very good example of that. But you're right. I think... Um, I mean, I really liked it. That's a style that I very much enjoy. And I, I like the, the subtle complexities out of it, but mm-hmm. um, there's really nothing more than just the goose to it. There isn't a, yeah, it's just a goose, you know? It's like going for a pale ale, and then it's like, well, it's a pale ale. What more do you want? But it's just a very good example of a of that style. And so, um, you know, I give them a bravo for that. Have you had the one from Victory? Because when we were there, they had the go- a goose on tap. Goza, oh, really? And uh yeah, sorry, it wasn't a goose, it was a goza. Okay. Are they the same? I've... I don't know if there's a slight distinction between the two of them. It or if it's just a, a naming thing based on region. Yeah, that's what I was going to confuse about. Well, anyway, it was a goza, and it was it was decent. It wasn't, it was a little bit, it was a tiny bit salty. Um, it was actually fairly easy drinking. I, I'm sure they dialed some things back to make it pretty good, but it was okay. One thing I, w- I do want to do, Jesse, uh, if you'll allow it, is I would like to do a sushi versus sushi. And we both sushi bring, versus sushi. Yeah, we both bring rolls from our favorite uh, sushi places, oh. and we present them to oh, you. He already knows and my favorite roll of all time, though. Yeah, that's but, well, fair. Um, I, I, I actually want to try to like find like if you can find a better one. Yeah, I don't want to go to that place or get that roll. I want to like just. I think we should both like, agree to like go other places and just bring something. Okay, other than that one, because okay, yeah, so yeah. my favorite roll of all time is Mana the Godzilla roll. Okay, we just had that. I mean, if you want to, okay, next next time we have a sushi and beer. I, I, I fully am. <laughs> I love sushi, so yes. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll present you something and you'll just like it's spit just it like out. Sushi. What is this shit? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll go for it. No, it'll be good. Yeah. So apparently there is a difference between a goza and a guza. Oh, okay. If you're nasty. I guess if you're, <laughs> if you're nasty. All right. Apparently Whoa. the article I'm reading says right, if you're Jay Belgian, Jackson. it's a gerza, but if you're nasty, it's a goza. I think I just spit all over my mic for a while. <laughs> um, so the. Uh, Goza, the Van Goza, is um, basically a light wheat beer that has a sour touch to it. Okay. Um, whereas the uh, Goza is a, basically it's a blend of a old and a young Lambic, which is oh, what I've right. always thought yeah, were yeah. the same thing. I always thought yeah. everything was a, was a Goza, or a Goza, okay. and, uh, but a Goza is apparently slightly different in, sense, in the okay. fact that they aren't necessarily super aged and no. blended. No, more, so, yeah, it was definitely goes with them. Yeah. More importantly, where would you be going to get the sushi? Well, I, th- I thought like we could choose our own, own establishments. Okay. Like we'll keep them secret from you, and then we'll just okay. pre- we'll present you the rolls, and then you just all pick, right, and then all right, all right, say, all right. I'm driving all the way up to Manhattan. I'm going to get my sushi. I'm going to drive oh, it back on the same day on ice. Sushi, yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. uh, that's a three-hour drive. <laughs> Usually, uh, raw food by that point is supposed to be bad for you. <laughs> yeah. Mine will actually be prepared in house. Oh, you're going to do it yourself. Yeah, I'm going to show you my. Excellent sushi skills. <laughs> no oh, shit. Both will be like <laughs> not good for me. <laughs> this roll looks like somebody that was blind just <laughs> hacked away at it with the blunt end of a knife. What's going on here? Yeah. That'll be my sushi. Um, can maybe something else? <laughs> no. I think getting back to the beers, I think Dirt Wolf is probably my favorite beer of 2014. No, let's talk about sushi. Yeah, honestly, that's still mine. <laughs> great, no, Dirt Wolf was beer. amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if it was my favorite, but. I mean, it's up it's, there. It's, it's absolutely up there. I'm already taking it for granted, though. Every time I go to the beer store, they have like tons of cases of it. So I'm like, I don't have to buy that. It's still there. Yeah. And one day I'm going to walk in there. It's not going to be there. It's like, oh. Well, shit. I just recently had Hop Ranch uh, for the first time in quite oh, a while. Let's go. And ahead. it was like both of them side by side. I was just like, Victory, you suddenly like 
drop these two beers yeah. in very close succession that were both phenomenal. I, I do think the I originally thought that the Hop Ranch was the better beer, hmm. but I think I've come around that Dirk, Dirk Wolf is um, hardier, heavier, and I think more complex. The Hop Ranch is just sort of a sweeter double IPA. I do find it sweeter. I'm not sure if I'm into that. Um, the Hop Ranch just really hasn't hit me. Um, I think they're kind of still retooling it, and it's okay. I mean, still definitely something that made me like, oh, victory. Wow, you're really stepping it up. Um but they do also have another one they're calling Move, Moving Parts. Apparently, it's their mm. like IPA series where they're like changing things. I probably like the actual hops that they put in it from time to time. Mm. That was okay. Uh, the one I had uh, down in Victory was actually probably more of a pale ale, I'd say. Okay. Like it, it didn't really have like those juicy notes. It was more just bitter, a little bit of malt. I keep seeing the Earth Fire everywhere. I need to get a bottle of oh. that and try it. Yeah, Victory. really. What do you? I haven't seen that yet. Oh, really? It was at the fridge. It was also at um, um, Friendly Greek today. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's called Earth Fire. Yeah, I gotta get back to the Greek. Oh, I asked the uh, guys at uh, Hunger and Thirst about the uh, Pixies Revenge or whatever. He said they didn't have it yet, but they probably will be soon, because he actually pulled out like whatever list they have from the brewery, and it's on there. So, uh, Earth and Flame. Sorry, I misspoke. Mm. Earth and Flame, which apparently might be our new favorite IPA, at least. From the sources we've heard. Yeah, yeah. He's I'd very s- excited about that beer. <laughs> very much, yes. Pixie's Revenge. So um, I wonder if it's still on tap up at uh, Al's. Yeah, or he said Cork and Cap had it. Had and it. I, they probably don't go through it super fast. It might still. Maybe I'll give them a call tomorrow. Hmm. I'm so close to the way home from work, I can pop in with a grand. Exactly. Take care of business. Take care of business. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, because overall, uh, for the year, I think we had a great year for the podcast. I had a hell of a lot of fun. We had a lot of good beers. Um, looking back at t- 2014, um, clearly craft beer is not slowing down. I think we've been saying for, I think we were laughingly being sarcastic in 2013 that the craft beer bubble, quote unquote, was nowhere near bursting. And here we are at the end of 2014 where... Production isn't slowing down. Sales isn't slowing down. Um, the number of breweries is not slowing down. I feel like uh, if it is a bubble, it's still expanding quite quickly. Um, so I think 2015 is going to be just as exciting of a year. I feel like a lot of the local guys have just been really kicking it out. Um, I know like Trogues slowed down there for a while, but then they brought out a lot of good stuff this year. Mm-hmm. Victory had been a huge favorite, kind of mellowed for me, but then they came out with several phenomenal beers this year that kind of put them back in my radar in a really big way yep um we finally got to go to the pizza boy and they yeah. actually started distributing too which is always very cool um i'm still not quite prepared to spend 35 bucks on their sour yeah uh but like they've co- come back on some of them i picked up the uh, sunny side stout ah. recently um the samurai um samurai was great i love that beer is uh was, was reasonably priced um columbia kettleworks came out of the gate mm-hmm. um like a shotgun blast they are crushing it with their beers uh just recently read that uh saint boniface is now going to can and oh yeah gonna... yeah are you going to that are we well, going to that event i would love to go to that event <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I try to record but <laughs> <laughs> we know how that doesn't work <laughs> um so they are yeah they're canning their very delicious uh padilla or however you pronounce that which is one of my favorite local beers oh yeah um that's just a it's a crazy phenomenal beer um, so yeah, I think 2015 is just going to be more of the same. It's just going to be more beer, better beer, and uh, hopefully more exciting interviews with more exciting people. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, uh, I was excited to see Roy Pitts at the, the Friendly Greek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they have uh, at least one beer there. And the there big were two. Bottles. Oh, I only nice. saw the one today, but um, I was there and they had, they had two. Um, they had the uh, oh, I forget which ones actually now. 
Yeah. Yeah. The the um, we had an there was an IPA I think that they had that which was a. I kind of vaguely remember the bottle. If I look at the label, I'm sure I'd probably remember what it was. If you name them, I'd, I'd probably be able to remember. But oh yeah, the Laughing Crow. No, that wasn't the one I remember. That was a very good beer, though. Was it? Um, Liquid and Heart. A, and Pabst Blue Ribbon. What the hell were you? Dirty old tavern. Oh, for Goober Bowl Day. <laughs> Goober Bowl Day. Um, let's see. It was definitely not Lugwood's Revenge, the Bless Bond, Old Jail Ale, or Daddy Fat Sacks. It was truly honest. It was Daddy Amber. Fat Sacks was there, and I oh, think it may oh, have been. Daddy Fat Sacks. It was Daddy was there, and it <clears throat> might have been Ludwig's Revenge. I saw the truly honest Amber Ale there today. Okay, because I know it was Daddy Fat Sacks I saw. I saw that one there. The six packs of that. I would have grabbed that in a heartbeat because I really did very much enjoy the Daddy Fat Sacks. That was a good beer. Mm, delicious. Oh, you had your last Heady Topper, too. I see I did. That was really I did. Recently. I instantly re. I'm always like regarding it because I'm like, I'll drink it, and then someone has like a birthday or something where I want to give them something yeah. special. It's like, damn it. Um, but yes, yeah, regrettably. And uh, you had a Storm King just recently too. Mm. I did. Yes, at the at the opera. Yes, we did. Yeah, and, I, uh, I felt Storm Kinged. Yeah. You were Storm King. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, you should have showed up. There was there. There was <laughs> the Liederkranz had a humongous, as in both height and musculature, um, blonde hair, blue eyed bartender huh. whose name just had to be Hans or Franz yeah. or something. Oh yeah, um, he looked like a diehard villain, is how I described him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but he knew the the import German beer quite well, but he wasn't quite uh, sold on the uh, the local uh, yeah, stuff yeah. that he had uh, so he I was met, trying met. to describe storm king to me and i was like I- i've had it before it's delicious i'm fine poured out um but then i i didn't quite want to be nerdy enough to be like there's a term for storm king that's when you because he didn't really yeah. care but um american beer it's so bitter <laughs> i really just on the way out the door i just kind of wanted to be like now i have a machine gun ho ho <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> just to see if he got it nice <laughs> Oh, that's up there for a quote. I don't know yeah. which one I want to go for. <laughs> uh, uh. But no, that was a great experience. I mean, for our listeners, we were just up at, uh, we were hearing the Burke's Opera Company um, perform our lyrics for their opera, uh, their Flatterhouse or Flutter Mouse. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I always call it their Flater Mouse yeah, because Flater, I'm yeah, American. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, and they performed our lyrics and it was amazing it was so cool they gave a big shout out so they gave us seats right up in the front center um it was awesome it was really great i'm glad we could be there and for that it was at the reading uh, leader crowns which apparently is the oldest and biggest leader crowns in america or wow. pennsylvania pennsylvania i think pennsylvania oh, yeah. Or, yeah. They, or they have the biggest oktoberfest something like that i mean there was some factoid I my own little private oktoberfest there it was good yeah, it, it was, was, oh, very, cool. it was very enjoyable <laughs> <laughs> So in we December. So we had great things in 2014, and uh, I think we're gonna have great things in 2015. So Listen. cheers, gentlemen. Well, cheers, yes. Yeah, so we some operas, but yeah, right. Yep. <laughs> Weak sauce. B- before we go, though, did you tally up the uh, beer versus beer uh, segments? No, no. I'll bring it together for the next episode. Uh, okay. uh, I fortunately, I think there's a reason for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see where he goes with the sushi one. Hey, right? last time we did this, Mike was up by one, and I imagine probably this time he's up by one or two. So we'll get there. <laughs> I have no qualms saying that he's been crushing <laughs> he it. Knows, he knows. Yeah. <laughs> and um, no, the problem is I had a list of all of them, and I can't find it in Dropbox. So Aww, I'll have to imagine that. Well, I don't want to have to go through all of season one again. Just and go then go through all of season. Oh, two. you're gonna. Up all season one too. 
Yeah. Like Ooh, who's okay. in charge for the whole year? Not just whole the year. Not just yeah, the year. Whole year. Yeah. We could do the year, both years. Yeah, I, I could just total. see just year and then. Okay. Well, we'll get there. There okay. will be a legit stats of who's winning because bragging rights have to be bragging rights regardless of who's in charge. And Jesse's sitting over there with a grin on his face going, I don't have to worry about it because I just judge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just excited for next week with sushi and beer. I don't know how that's going to work, but I love sushi. Except for it's going to be probably hours, hours after they make it. Raw fish, but all right. Let's go for the tempura style. Well, and to be fair, um, the this is the end of 2014, but our recording season actually begins late April, early May. So oh. season two, season three will actually kick off in late April, early May. And that's when we'll probably really want to do a full review of who's winning stats. But... Um, you see, look at this. Our calendar, our recording he's year try to step it up the next couple, like, yeah, okay. is not quite the calendar <laughs> no, year. It's, wah, not, wah, wah. it's more the old school. What was before the Julian can, calendar? Um, Where the, the year Gre- ended in April? The oh, Gregorian? Yeah. No, well, was... Gregorian is what we have now, isn't it? Yeah, we have Gregorian now. It's the Julian calendar. Oh, okay. So was, yeah. At least yeah. according to, uh, what's his name? The science guy that who put uh, Isaac Newton as being December 25th. Niels deGrasse Tyson, yeah. I love how much hate he's getting for that. Oh, yeah. Wait, so what? He said he posted act- that his like, actual hey, birthday is the 25th. No, he no, said no. that there was this great guy who got a lot of stuff done before his age of 30. His name was Sir Isaac Newton. And like the Christian and Wright. He was just born like, on uh, December 25th. Yeah, born on December oh, 25th yeah, yeah, yeah. and did great stuff before he was 30. And the Christian and Wright kind of like flipped out. That's anti-Christian. He's like, what? I'm not saying that Jesus wasn't awesome. I'm just saying that there was this other guy who was pretty awesome. And nobody knows his birthday's on Christmas yeah, yeah. because Jesus. Like, I'm just trying to hype him a little bit because he was amazing for... You know, math and science. and well, um, That's what I'm going to do from now on. I'm going to celebrate Sir Isaac Newton's birthday. Uh, yes, I would much rather celebrate Newton's day than Christmas. I Newton's could day. be wrong, but I think Newton died a virgin, too. Probably. Like, when he was winning whatever award, he admitted that when he was, like, in his 80s that he's never had sex. He yeah, was, like, as a pride, as a moment of, like, by the way. Prideful, really? Yeah. He was uh, prideful of his celibacy. Well, it was like... Um, Maybe it was some other mathematician, but I'm pretty sure it was Newton. Well, Socrates, not that he wasn't... I don't know if they've ever stated whether he had sex or not, but he had that thing where there was part of the dialogues where young men are laughing at him because he's old and no longer has a sex drive, which is totally not true because old people get it on all the time and it's creepy and weird. But <laughs> these young men are laughing at him that his passions, his sexual drive and energy is down, and, and Socrates turns back and goes, no, you guys are idiots. I can get shit done because I'm not a slave to constantly wanting to chase tail." that I can sit down and focus on a problem mm. for hours at a time without being like, oh, look, there's a pretty girl, and then running off and fleets of fancy all the time. And I, I, I feel like you know that was sort of Isaac Newton's position, was that because he wasn't constantly off chasing women... So is that why you're not winning beer versus beer? Um, <laughs> Wait, what? Yes, because I'm getting laid all the time. <laughs> I'm distracted, Jesse. My beer choices are being distracted by pretty women. <laughs> Well, Seinfeld has anything to say about it. Yes, that's actually incredibly correct. Yeah, George Costanza. <laughs> I calculated the odds of whenever I would get get it with a Portuguese waitress. waitress and, yeah. <laughs> I had to do what I had to do. Well, awesome. Well, gentlemen, fantastic 2014. Cheers. Cheers. So that's it for today's show. Thank you for joining us for our summation of the great year that was 2014. Uh, we had a number of marvelous beers. A couple of disgusting disasters. Uh, Slumminant, of course, is a fan favorite. Um, oh, just, just wait till 2015 Slumminant. Oh, my God. I can only imagine. <laughs> oh, no. It's coming already. We will be back in 2015, uh, actually next week, with a typical sample episode. Um, but uh, 2015 looks like to be a year of bigger, better, and more delicious. 
And as always, thanks for listening and keep on drinking. That's today's show. For more information on today's podcast or to subscribe to the show, visit www.blindtigerpodcast.com or look for us on iTunes. Send comments or questions to show at blindtigerpodcast.com. To suggest or request a beer for beer versus beer or to ask a question for Homebrew 101, email show at blindtigerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and keep drinking.